0: All right, are your Slack notifications paused? It's a great call out. Because there's nothing I hate more than when I listen to a podcast and some clown (laughs) left their Slack on. I'm like, you had one job. Welcome back to Mastering Meatail, a podcast brought to you by Digital Commerce at Essential. Continuing on our journey to winning on Walmart, In this episode, we cover paid search, which falls under the media portion of our Word Jumble title. Let's listen to our guest, Tim, tell us everything we need to know about it.
1: You really have to think of it as a full funnel process. And so, like I said, you start with your organic. You make sure you're ready to win. Then you invest in search. So you grow that conversion, you grow that side at an efficient level that is predetermined by the algorithm that you know you're already set up to succeed. And then you go into display to grow that audience group, to grow your brand awareness. And that full funnel approach setup, and it's almost cascading, right? You want to start with organic, go to paid search, go to display, is really what sets you up success to win across the site
0: and now you have everything you need to know. So that's all for now. See you next time. But I'm not done yet. Just kidding. Although that was a pretty good and very short breakdown. You'll really also learn about what paid search even is on Walmart, how your strategy might need to differ when compared to Amazon, and our guest's three key points of understanding that suppliers need to have when it comes to paid search. Yeah,
1: it's com conf- I mean, it, it, like once you understand it, it's like, oh, okay, that makes a ton of sense.
0: And you'll hear about what it's like to land in an airport surrounded by cows.
1: I remember the first time I came here, I was like,
0: where the heck am
1: I? How And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, you're in Walmart country. And we'll get to that later.
0: I am your host, Emma Irwin. I've been in e-commerce for a whopping one year and still have so much to learn.
1: It's really fun to be able to learn from the best.
0: And today I am indeed learning from the best. My guest today is.
1: My name is Tim Jefferson. I am Director of Insights and Strategy here at White Spider. My main role at White Spider is to consult with our largest clients on how to optimize their organic and paid business across Walmart.com.
0: And what did you do before White Spider?
1: For the past six years, before coming over to White Spider in January, I worked for Flywheel Digital as a media manager, managing. Uh, thousands of campaigns across many different clients across Amazon, Walmart, Instacart, Kroger, and Critio. Fancy schmancy. Mm, you know me.
0: And by now, you know what comes next. Simple question. What is the last thing you purchased from Walmart?
1: The last thing I purchased from Walmart was actually a lawnmower. Oh. Yeah, a big purchase. I bought a house back in January, and now that springtime has come along, I have to start <laughs> mowing my lawn. So yeah, I bought a lawnmower about three weeks ago.
0: And how did you like actually receive it? Did you like go pick it up at the store? Did you have it delivered?
1: Yep, I actually went and picked it up at the store. So yeah, I did OPD for it. I have a Walmart about five minutes from my house. So just made it easier waiting two days because I looked outside, saw how long my grass was. And I was like, oh, better do something about that today. So it was very easy, very seamless. I don't know if you guys have done it, but Walmart OPD is so awesome if you got a Walmart close to you. It's quick and easy. They have every order ready within like two hours. Awesome.
0: I'm gonna give you a question. we're gonna I'm gonna put it in your mind now, and okay. we'll come back to it at the end. It's a good way to like round out. But I'm gonna ask you something that's been on your digital wish list. Uh, it sits in a tab on your computer, whatever that means for you in your app or something you just won't actually purchase. <laughs> and then I'll ask you why. But we'll come back to that if that okay. sounds good,
1: okay. Yeah, that sounds great.
0: <laughs> okay. That's a great question So let's get into paid search. You'll hear about it a lot throughout this episode as the title might imply, But it's important to understand what it means
1: paid search is the advertising ability for suppliers to promote their products live on site. It is an in-grid placement. So think of it in the fact of if you were to go on walmart.com and purchase your monthly multivitamins, you know, you search multivitamins and paid search are those slots in the in-grid placements that say sponsored right underneath the pictures that allow suppliers to get their products higher in search so they don't have to rely as much on organic at the start.
0: Gotcha. And then on Walmart, would you say it's like equally important that your products are showing up really above the fold as it is on Amazon? Like that stat. I don't remember if it's like, what is it? Mm-hmm.
1: ninety 80, some, 80 per, yeah, They 80%. don't go past page
0: one, you know, that. <laughs>
1: yeah. So 64% of clicks on Amazon happen within the first three placements, 80% on the first page. Walmart is very similar. And actually, this is funny. It didn't used to be, actually. It used to be a lot more diluted where consumers were going to the second page, something sometimes even the third page. Uh, but I actually just bought a stat last week for, actually, it was the term grass seed. And Eighty-two percent of all clicks on the term grass seed came from the first page.
0: We know paid search is important. Could you could you win on Walmart without it? Yeah. Um, Interesting. Well,
1: <laughs> so you can you can definitely improve yourself from an organic side to okay. help you win. Where paid search becomes extremely important that won't allow you to win are that you won't be able to win unless you are utilizing it are kind of off of three factors. One, if you're already losing, right? So like, and that's like a real thing, you know, if you're, let's say the number two brand in a category and you're might be slot 20 through 30 organically, but your competitor's already all at the top, paid search is integral because you're losing in category share right now. How do you get yourself up there? How do you get the consumers to click on you instead? Your product might be better than what your competitor's is. It might be almost identical to what your competitor's is. But just because they have already been leading the share and they have that history, it becomes very hard to overtake them just organically. And that's where investment becomes important. The second reason is new products. On e-commerce, and this is almost every single e-commerce site, Amazon, Walmart, Target, Critio, anything on Critio really, it's extremely hard to win in search off the start. And that is because everything within, these, and you have to really remember this, on these e-commerce sites, it's not a, you know, like in brick and mortar, a person deciding what goes on a shelf. It's not a your buyer deciding, okay, this is going to go here. You're going to have the premier placement at the start of the aisle here. You're going to be in this spot on this aisle here. It's an algorithm choosing that. And so it's taking into all, of, all the data points that it can possibly pull to decide what is the most relevant for a consumer on this given query. For a new product, it doesn't have any of that history. None of those data points exist. So you need to jumpstart it. You need to give it that burst of energy to get it in front of of consumers at the start. And then the the third one where it really becomes integral is, and it kind of links to the first one, if your competitor's doing it too. So it's not just if it's a competitor leader. Let's say you're number two and the number three competitor in your category starts investing in paid search. They're going to start growing. They're going to start getting that advantage of getting those upper placements where you're falling behind. So I guess to answer your question in total, yes, you can succeed to a point without utilizing paid search by managing your organically strong, but if you do not invest in paid search, there's only so far that you can go
0: okay so you should probably invest some money to kick things off but i asked if this investment needs to be continuous
1: absolutely and that's one of the biggest things that i would always say to uh, suppliers you need to have a search strategy that is an everyday search strategy and that doesn't mean that you can't boost up how much you're investing during an important time period or a holiday but it goes back to the point that this is an algorithm that uses historical data to decide how relevant you are for a query So if you were to go on off, let's just say I'm a candy company and I only want to invest during Valentine's Day because in brick and mortar, Valentine's Day makes or breaks my year, right? Well, on paid search, if you were on e-commerce, if you were just to say, okay, it's three weeks out towards Valentine's Day, let's invest right now. And then we're going to turn off right after Valentine's Day and we'll restart next year before Valentine's Day. You're losing all the history you built before next year, and you're starting from scratch with no history, so your cost per click is gonna be higher because your relevancy score is lower. Your ability to win is gonna be lower. And so you're actually causing inverse effect to yourself by not having an everyday strategy because the algorithm is reading you as this new product that does has no right to win at this point in time, so it's just gonna cost you more and make you more, less efficient. Just by even having those everyday campaigns on, you're giving the algorithm something to read as a consistent level of performance on the item. So there is no way for it to hurt you.
0: With all of that information, let's dive into Tim's three key points of understanding that suppliers need to grasp. Let's move into your three kind of things you have to understand to really win in paid search. and I'm going to read back my interpretation of number one, which was just understanding the pricing dynamic of the auction. Tell me about that, because that does not mean a whole lot to me. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that. Yeah,
1: no, this is a good one. I really uh, enjoy talking about this one because in paid search, there are two, a couple more, but there are two real pricing auction dynamics. There's something called a first price auction and a second price auction. In short, a first price auction is saying you're going to pay what you're bidding. Your your cost per click is what your bid is. That's it. A second price auction takes into account your relevancy in that query. And eventually what it does is it makes you pay one cent higher than the next closest product's bid. So to elaborate on that a little bit, your cost per click in a second price auction isn't going to be what you're bidding. In a first price auction, it is going to be what you're bidding. Now, a second price auction is the golden ticket, I would say, in a pricing auction dynamic. It is where you want to be. It is what makes it more efficient. and It's what makes suppliers more willing to invest into a site just because they, they know that they're getting it on a, on a more efficient level. The frustrations with the first price auction is uh uh-huh, it might only cost you $3 to win on vitamins with a certain product. However, if you're not checking it constantly, going back to the original point we made, you could be bidding $5 because that's what it cost you two days ago to win. You're paying that $5 Ah. (laughs) when it really could only cost you $3. In a second price auction, the auction will automatically bring it down to what is required to actually win. Those are the two real auctions right there, right? Walmart is a first price auction, so you are paying what you're bidding. Amazon, Instacart, second-price auctions. That is where Walmart is trying to get to and actually have laid down the foundations for this already. As of April 2022, they made a huge shift to their algorithm to eliminate a lot of the barriers that allow you to be relevant for a query. And actually what's funny is the way the auction is set up now is almost identical to Amazon's in terms of of what leads you to being able to win a placement. However, as of right now, it is still set at a first-price auction. So the cost to win could be lower, but you're still going to be paying what you're bidding because the logic is there of a second-price auction, but you're still paying as if it's a first-price auction. Like I said, it's all the foundation to become a second-price auction, which they do have plans for in the very near future. But that's something important for suppliers to know. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times when suppliers go to Walmart from an e-commerce perspective they just have their minds so set on it's just going to be like Amazon it's just going to work like it's it's going to be perfect like it, it's uh, we know Walmart's in-store sales we know how much of our business that makes up it's going to be perfect and so a lot of times what happens is suppliers are coming in with that expectation and then guess what Walmart is an Amazon it's not the consumer is different uh, the the auction dynamic is different and so What that does initially is sometimes it scares suppliers, you know, it makes them nervous because they were expecting something and it didn't live up to expectations. So the first level set of paid search is to understand it's different. It is is different. So the auction is becoming
0: more like Amazon,
1: but it has not been there and it's not there yet.
0: Genuine question out of curiosity. How the heck do you know what to bid in a first party?
1: That's a great question. A lot of it's trial and error, Okay. (laughs) to be honest with you. You know, from when I was really nitty gritty in the weeds managing um, bids at Flywheel Digital, you know, a lot of times it'd just be I'd launch a campaign, I'd set a bid, and I'd go on site and I'd see where I was winning. If I was in slot one above the fold, that means I could probably test bringing my bid down a little bit and seeing where that drops me down. If I'm, let's just say I, I launched a campaign at a $2 bid on the term vitamins and I'm at the bottom of the page, that means I need to up my bid. And so then, you know, there's that initial period of level setting understanding of what it's going to actually cost to win. And then that gives you kind of your baseline. Now, what's interesting is there are companies like some of White Spiders, sister companies with Flywheel and Perpetua that are starting to make goal based bidding that helps you out by making it a little bit more automated where you can say, I want to win above the full let's just say. And so then the the machine will do what I was just saying I would manually do, right? It'll, you'll launch a campaign at $2 and then the machine will just keep upping or dropping the bid until you get into that slot. But the bottom line is at the start of a campaign, you just got to figure out at least like kind of where that baseline is. And like I said, the reason that you have to keep kind of monitoring it closely, that can change tomorrow.
0: I asked that question because for a couple months I worked on a media account. And if you can't tell, I'm retail based on my questions and the person I was working with was like oh can you adjust the bids today and so I pulled them up and I was like to what mm-hmm. I yeah. don't understand he was like I don't know just play with it yeah. and I was like what
1: That's li- <laughs> this is money literally, like, you have to, and actually I yeah it's money it is it's real time money but it's just the way the auctions work I remember uh talking about it five years ago when we really kind of started growing at Flywheel I was pretty new I was figuring it out and Patrick Miller, one of the heads of our digital commerce here at Essential, sat me in a room on uh, Black Friday and said, figure it out. And so Black Friday, one of the biggest days of the year for consumers, and it was like I played, It was like playing a video game for 12 hours. I swear, I, I kid you not, because it really was like tweaking every single bid, figuring out where that level was. And think of that as the most competitive day of the year, too, because yeah. everyone needs to nail Black Friday, so people are actually paying attention to it. A lot of times you might get away with some of it because most suppliers, unless they're working with a top of the line agency like Flywheel or White Spider, don't check it as frequently as we do, so you can get away with it. But on like a day like Black Friday, everyone, everyone is keeping a close eye on it. So it was funny. That was a that was like a real come to the industry moment of you really do have to figure it out. It's scrappy and it was fun.
0: <laughs> that was a lot of information about the auction. So let's just take a small break. Thanks. That's better. Now I understand the auction part more than I ever have, which has to mean something. Moving on to Tim's second point you need to understand, which he told me is relevancy.
1: Relevancy. It's it's such an important word when it comes to auction dynamics. The reason we call it relevancy is is really kind of the baseline definition. It's the algorithm deciding how relevant you are to serve on a query. And that is what determines your right to win and your cost within an auction. So relevancy in itself, when you talk about it in technical terms as the way that a paid auction works, is think of it as the estimated click-through rate. So what Walmart, Amazon, well, Walmart just started doing not too long ago with the shifts they made to kind of start becoming a second price auction, but Amazon definitely for sure, is they're deciding on each individual query how likely your product is to get clicked on. The higher that likelihood, the more of a right to win in terms of the algorithm. It's saying how relevant you are. That then boils down to how much you're going to pay. So in a second price auction, your CPC is what it becomes down boils down to, other than just the one cent more I talked about earlier, is your bid times your estimated click-through rate. So on something like Amazon, the relevancy hurdles are a little bit lesser than Walmart, which I'll I'll get into in a second, theoretically, you can win across any term in the category. So what that bid times that estimated click-through rate is doing to determine what your actual CPC in the end is in a second-price auction is it's saying the higher likelihood that I am to get clicked on, the less that I actually have to bid to win because in the end, Amazon's going to make the same amount of money off of spend yield that they would for the amount of clicks I'm going to get, because I'm going to get 700 clicks at a $1 bid, that my competitor, who's willing to bid $100 for only seven clicks. So like theoretically, in Amazon's mind, we have the equal right to win in the second price auction, because at the end of the day, they're still getting $700 in their spend yield. Now with Walmart, where it becomes a a little bit more complicated and they they are eliminating a lot of these hurdles, is that they do have hurdles to actually have a right to win on site. So outside of just the first price auction, the relevancy part was very limited in the beginning. So for example, something that goes into your relevancy is if you're not in the top 128 organically on a search term, you are not allowed to invest in paid search, like on that query, not allowed. Now, that's going away. It's it's going to not be a barrier anymore. There are also things like we we were doing a, a case study for one of our clients, and we were looking at some IRI data, and we actually were able to link the fact that in-store sales played a factor in your relevancy online for Walmart. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so there are a bunch of different things that it's becoming that second-price auction. So in the end of the day, it is still playing into effect like, your bid times your estimated click-through rate is what's going to happen. Now, what determines your click, your estimated click-through rate has different factors on Walmart than it does on Amazon. So like I said, in-store sales is one. Um, we were also able to see that products that had issues staying available, like or were out of stock for a longer period of time, were deeply affected in their cost that it would take to win once they were back in stock. So we know that inventory consistency plays a factor factor in your relevancy. The next piece is content. We know that having keywords in your titles, being on the correct product shelves on Walmart, which are all back end attributions to your products, increases your relevancy to a given keyword if those product attributes fall within that keyword. And so what we usually do for that is there's something called a style guide that Walmart provides. And this actually, like those style guides actually tell you for a certain category, what your product attributes need to be across the board to be able to be most relevant in that query. So there are all these different factors that boil up and sum up into this estimated click-through rate that decide how relevant you are to the query. And so for suppliers, that's extremely important to know, because if you, even if you're just missing one attribute that a style guide is telling you needed, but your competitor right next to you has all of them done, it's going to cost them less to win in the auction. And so where that leads to is just, you know, everyone wants to, a lot of suppliers, and they have different teams for it. So it makes sense. They have marketing and they have sales, right? So a lot of suppliers come into it. They got a marketing budget, the marketing team owns that. They got a sales... They want to drive sales on Walmart. Their organic shelf to be right. But the connection between organic and paid when it comes to e-commerce is so, so relevant. I mean, so strong. If your organic is not set up to win, if your product setup is not right to win, just from an organic side, you're going to have a lot more difficulty winning on paid search because it all boils down to how relevant you become based on what your product setup is.
0: Then we are at our last point. And it's kind of a continuation of his point on the connection between your actions when it comes to organic versus paid. When we talk about organic here, what we're referencing is any action you take as a supplier when it comes to writing copy for your products, filling out back-end factual product information or attributes, and having quality imagery. You should know this from our previous episode on organic search, but if you didn't listen to it, one, go do that. But two, I've got you covered anyways.
1: If... You're organic, and when I talk about organic, it's what you do on Amazon with your your retail side of the business. You know, making sure you have your best in class imagery, making sure your titles, your bullet points, your product description, best in class, following what the style guide for the category is determined by Walmart, and making sure that all of those knots are tied, those T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, improves. How well you are able to win on search, extremely, extremely. I mean, it really makes it so you are able to have a right to win. If you, let's just say, for example, if you're going and playing on vitamins, and there are two folds to this. If let's say you wanted to go win the term vitamins, if you don't have vitamins in your content, if you're not showing a package picture as your main image in search that's a vitamin bottle, why would anyone ever click on it? Why would Walmart's algorithm think that it should be in this query right now? Because there's nothing telling it that it should. If your back end attributes don't match what the category attributes need to be, why would Walmart ever serve it? And so those are the twofold things there from a consumer perspective. If I'm a consumer and I go search vitamins and I'm ready to purchase, I don't see a vitamin as a pack on the image. I don't see vitamins in the content. I don't. Like it's not striking to me as a professionally built page. I'm probably not going to buy it, let it or not going to click on it, let alone buy it. If I don't click on it, what is that telling the algorithm when it comes to paid search? My estimated click through rate is lower than maybe it really should be because my content isn't updated. So if my estimated click through rate is lower, well, what's that going to do? It's going to make me have to pay more to actually win on paid search. So everything begins and starts with making sure your products are set up correctly from an organic perspective to then make your paid search as efficient as it possibly can be and give you a leg up because guess what a lot of suppliers aren't aren't don't have these points right and that it's not necessarily their fault there are a lot of things on the back end of Walmart that suppliers have a tough time getting access to or seeing and and understanding that to actually make sure that those pieces are optimized and completed so It's just, it all goes back to if you're not set up correctly, you're not going to succeed as well as you can. And the reason that that's so important is because a lot of other suppliers don't know as much about this yet, aren't doing all this yet. It provides a distinct competitive advantage at this infancy of Walmart.com for you as a supplier, if you are able to do that, if you are able to get that, because you're ahead of the curve. And then guess what? Like I'm going back to the beginning when I talk about that algorithm being based off historical performance, if you get in first while it getting's good, the performance is going to be really strong in Walmart's algorithm that sets you up for longer term success to make you more efficient.
0: And that wraps up Tim's three key points of understanding that suppliers need to know. To finish up, we return to our digital wishlist question. We're coming back to your digital wish list, this thing that you just won't actually convert on and why.
1: Yeah, actually, (laughs) it's a good one. Uh, So as I mentioned, I have recently purchased a home and I have had a grill in my cart for three months now. (laughs) And I have just not pulled the trigger on it. I keep making up excuses. At the beginning, it was, I just bought a house. I don't know if I really have the money right now to buy a grill. The next one, well, it's cold out right now. Do I really need to buy it? And I've just been dragging my feet on it. And it was funny, I was, my wife, it was really nice out this past weekend. And my wife goes, why don't you just go pick it up today? And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's a good idea. And I kept going to the ad. I kept going to the buy now button and I just couldn't bring myself to push it. Uh, so that's one that's probably going to come in the next couple of weeks.
0: I was gonna say it's prime grilling I know, season coming it is, up
1: it is but i just haven't been able to pull the trigger on it i don't you know there's high ticket items right they always take convincing to really finally make that purchase decision but what i have started buying on walmart is like everyday groceries and just being able to do pickup and delivery there so i'm becoming a walmart boy through and through gotta tell you
0: surprised you're not wearing like a walmart hat at this no. point coming in with the walmart i only trucker. got the
1: white spider hat right now <laughs>
0: last question. We're going to be asking everyone that we do this Walmart series with what they enjoy about living in Walmart country that doesn't quite apply to you. What's your favorite part about visiting Walmart country?
1: Mm, it's a really good question. Or just Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, Northwest. <laughs> I
0: Have you ever gone anywhere that's not the hotel or the office?
1: Yes. Okay. So mountain biking is a really huge thing up here. It's really cool. I've never really been into that. I've never been a real outdoorsy guy, but ever since starting to visit and kind of seeing everything they have around here, it's definitely piqued my interest more. It's really, really cool from a kind of a joking perspective, but not really. I always find it hilarious. You come to Northwest Arkansas, you step off the plane, you come in, you get in your Uber, you start driving over this way to Rogers uh, where Walmart hub is. It's all like a nice city, a ton of businesses here. But when you get off the plane, it's just cow and chicken farms everywhere. And you get off. I remember the first time I came here, I was like, where the heck am I? I and then all of a sudden, five minutes later, you're in Walmart country, and it's, I got cool shops, cool. Yeah, you know, there's a top golf right here, so it's just it's a very interesting, interesting state. Uh, but yeah, so it's I'm definitely falling in love with it a little bit, and I never thought I would. You know, I'm a Maryland city boy, born and raised uh, my whole 28 years on this uh, earth, so not used to the country life that much.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of mastering me Too. hopefully you learned what you need to know to start or continue winning on walmart.com if you made it this far i'll even let you in on one more good piece of advice from tim
1: with paid search you have to be ready to iterate and optimize on a regular consistent basis
0: you're welcome please listen to our next episode to learn all about walmart marketplace and be sure to like this episode leave a rating or review follow us subscribe you know the drill my name is Emma Irwin, your host, and this episode was produced by Klaus Cancel with sound design by Ina Satenji. See you next time.